Hey, I just want to say thank you for checking out this message today. I hope that it helps you, that it encourages you, and that you are able to learn a little bit more about who God is and why so many people throughout history have chosen to become followers of Jesus. If you enjoy this message and you want to hear more, you can find us on Facebook or YouTube, but ultimately you can find everything you need to know at clcwinnipeg.ca. There you can find more messages, you can find our social handles, ways to get connected to our church, and if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do that as well. And like I said before, I hope that you are encouraged by the message you're about to hear. God bless you. Today we're going to be continuing our series cover to cover as we go into 2nd and 3rd John today. So it's going to be a little bit of a journey as we look at these two very short yet very distinct books and try to pull it all together and find out what God has to say to us. Let's bow in a word of prayer as we open up today's time together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for each person that's here today. No matter what they're going through, no matter what their world, what their life looks like today, I pray that you would bless them, that you'd keep your hand upon them, and that even right now in their homes or wherever they're watching, they would just sense the presence of God and the love of God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today I want to talk about um, how are we supposed to show love to people? How do you love people? Boy, it's true. Some people are, are easy to love and some people are hard to love. Every time they open their mouth, it's hard to love them. We all have people like that in our lives, don't we? People that can upset you and, and make you angry. Joan Crawford was, well, actually it's my mother's maiden name, but uh, Joan Crawford was also um, an actress that lived uh, many years ago. And she said, love is a fire, but whether it warms your heart or burns your house down, you can never tell. We recognize that love can, can motivate people Love can give pleasure, but love can also really, really hurt. It can make us do bold things, and it can break our hearts. I think that's why, who was it? Tina Turner had a song, uh, Love Stinks. I don't know what happened to her, but uh, she wasn't feeling real good about love. Well, there's a young teenager and uh, he was in love with this girl, but hadn't really declared it for quite a while. And so every Friday night, they would just hang out, you know, on the front porch of, their, of her house. And, and they'd talk. They'd talk about, you know, what's life going to be like after school? And what are we going to do with our lives? And what about college or university and moving away from home and from their small town? And one night... He finally mustered up the courage to give her a hug. And he said, you know what? I have to tell you that I love you. I love you so much. He said, I'd fight the biggest man. I'd swim the deepest ocean. I would climb the highest mountain because I love you so much. And with that, he leaned in and he kissed her for the first time. 
And then when he turned to leave, and he's walking down the sidewalk, he looked back at her, and he said, I'll see you next Friday if it don't rain. <laughs> He'd climb a mountain, but he's not coming if it's raining. Well, love is a funny thing. Second John 6 said this, this is love, that we walk according to his commandment, God's commandment, that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. That's love, to, to, to just walk in God's commandments. That's how we love God. Second and third John are short books and distinct, but they both kind of seem to have this theme of love and how we love and how we don't love. And so we're going to touch on both of those books today and see if we can give you something meaningful to, to chew on, to think about, to pray about, and to apply to your life. In 2 John, John addresses what is referred to as the elect lady. Kind of a strange address at the beginning of the book. And there's been a lot of discussion by people a whole lot smarter than me about who the elect lady is. And some have come to the, come to the conclusion that it was an actual woman. Others have come to the conclusion that it, it's a metaphor for the church as a whole. You know, like you call your, your, your boat a her or a she, you know, she's sailing today. And... Uh, so they are wondering if maybe this is a metaphor for the church. Well, that's not really the big important thing that we're talking about here today. What's important is the message. The message. We also find that these books were more than likely written by John um, while he was in exile on the island of Patmos. Same time he wrote Revelation. And in 3 John, he addresses this man that he, he really admired, had a lot of respect for. You could say he loved this guy. His name was Gaius, or Gaius, I'm sorry. And uh, this was likely the last letter that John wrote. He was the disciple that Jesus loved. That's referred to in, in the Gospels. And he was also the last living apostle. Did you know that? He was an old man by now. All the other ones had passed away or been martyred. And uh, so this was written probably around AD 90. And so John was writing to deal with some issues in the church. There's a guy by the name of uh, Diotrephes who was making trouble in the church. In a sense, um, he touches on how not to love as he also refers to this gentleman Diotrephes. So let's look at the second point here today. Truth and love. A number of years ago, a ministry colleague shared a story with us about something that had happened in his, in his family. He had raised his children to, to love God, had raised them in the church, had raised them to believe in Jesus. And one of his children 
went a completely opposite direction and adopted a lifestyle that was clearly not in line with biblical values that, that he had been taught from a child. It was clear that, you know, what he was doing we wouldn't consider, you know, being Christian. And therein laid a dilemma for this father. And he shared with us this part of Jesus where he said Jesus was full of grace and truth. And so he said, my son and I have lots of discussions about the choices he's making in life. And I haven't changed my views. I still, he knows where I stand biblically and he's not there. So that's the truth. But he said, Jesus was also full of grace. And he said, so that allows me to give him grace. That allows me to love him, to keep in relationship with him. And I've been thinking about that. And I thought how true it was of Jesus that he was full of grace and truth. He was reputed as being a friend of sinners. Sinners loved him. It was the religious people that couldn't stand him. But it didn't mean that Jesus was going along with all the sin that they were committing, the things they were doing, their lifestyle. He just loved them. He showed them grace. But he never compromised the truth that he was the Son of God who came to be the Savior of mankind, to die for the very sins that these friends of his were committing. Jesus found a way to be a friend of sinners while he remains sinless and holy. Grace and truth. So first John focuses on loving God and not loving the world. Now, hey, I was talking about that last week too. Being a Christian is about believing and, and adhering to biblical truth. If, if you're a Christian, you have to base your beliefs on something, otherwise you're nothing. And so, the, the Christian, the follower of Christ, what it is to be a follower of Christ is to be a disciple of Jesus, to walk in his ways, to follow him, to, to walk after him. And the way we do that is by having knowledge of what he wants us to do. And we, at, at, we acquire that knowledge through the Bible, through the scriptures. The Bible is God's word to us. It's God's owner's manual, you might say. Now, there are those who are enemies of the truth. There are people who are outside the church, and there are also people inside the church as well who are false teachers. Now, how do you know when a person is a false teacher? Well, that's a big question. First of all, if they're taking the Bible and twisting the scriptures to mean something other than what the Bible is saying, that's a false teacher. If they're telling you that biblical doctrine, biblical teaching does not apply today because the world has changed and we've moved on, that's false teaching. That is a false teacher. If they're telling you that only the red letters of the Bible, only what Jesus said matters and all the other stuff is kind of optional, that's a false teacher. 
if they're telling you that the Bible is not the inspired word of God, that it is not the truth, the whole truth of God, that is a false teacher. And I would say to you that if you are in a church or sitting under teaching like that, you need to get out. And you need to be where you're going to get solid teaching. Because false teaching will influence you, it will direct your life, and it can in indeed determine your eternal destiny. Because a false teacher is not intent on bringing you closer to Jesus, they may be intent on influencing you, gaining a following, or whatever other motives they might have. Second John talks about how to deal with enemies of the truth. How to protect ourselves. How do we protect our church from false teachers? Well, John actually really takes this hard stand. He says, don't invite them in. So you don't invite them in to, to, to come and talk to the people. You know, I'm not going to invite a known false teacher to come into my church. He says, don't even greet them in John, 2 John 1, verse 10. Don't even greet them. Don't even say hello. So John was concerned with followers of Jesus aligning themselves with, with evildoers and with false teachers. So what is the threat or the risk to the church today? Well, I think one of the threats and the risks that the church is really facing today head on is doctrinal drift. It is a subtle drifting from the truth of God. It's a subtle drifting from the Word of God. And it is an adoption of worldly teaching, worldly standards, worldly indoctrination, and saying it, it, this, is, this is right and the Word of God is wrong on this. It is the inundation and constant messaging to lower the standard to move away from biblical standards and accept anything that is not biblical. False teaching is to change our views and to, you know, get with the times, abandon biblical standards, you know, the, the sound doctrine of the Word of God. False teaching is to adapt, it's to change, it's to accept, it's to affirm people while at the same time we compromise on the truth of the Word of God. That makes 2 John seem pretty timely and pretty relevant to the church today. It's a message we need today. And I want to encourage you to read 2 John. To be pure of heart, to avoid falsehood, and to avoid heresy. See, followers of Christ walk in truth. They love people. They're careful about who and what we accept. And there were those, even in the early church, who were promoting false teaching. If we love God, we obey God. To blatantly disobey God is to not love God. And truth matters. If you're going to obey God, you have to base your obedience on something, and that obedience is based on the truth of God's Word. It's based on what we believe. 
because that will determine how we live and how we conduct our lives. Wrong teaching can cause believers to actually fall away from Christ. Third thing I want to bring up today is love and actions. And third, John, moving on, John exposes the actions of this guy by the name of Diotrephes that I mentioned a few minutes ago, who was in the church, who was absolutely unloving. His lifestyle choice and his behavior were not in line or keeping with Christian love. Now, what was the issue? Well, missionaries would travel through and he would not welcome missionaries. Now, these missionaries were people who were out there preaching the gospel, leading people to Jesus, you know, teaching the word. And he would not welcome them in. Why? Because he wanted to be number one. He, he wanted preeminence. He wanted the limelight. He wanted to be the main feature. And you might say that he was uh, a bully because he was actually forbidding other people in the church from welcoming missionaries in. And if they did, he'd throw them out of the church. So in John, in 2 John, John says, don't even greet a false teacher or have them in your home. But in 3 John, we have this guy who's not wel welcoming in people's homes those who are teaching the truth. Those who are faithfully serving Christ. Those who are bearers of the truth, and ambassadors of the truth, ambassadors of God. He wasn't welcoming them in, which was a complete twist, uh, the complete opposite to what John was saying to do. So what do we learn from this? Well, we learned the, the value of Christian hospitality. Over the past several months, we've seen that in action here. We've been welcoming brothers and sisters in Christ from other parts of the world, from Ukraine, from Africa. We've been trying to help people, others in the family of God through difficult times. Why? Because we share this bond in Christ. Because we're not strangers to each other. We're the family of God. We belong to each other. Now, I think that's the beautiful, incredible thing. You know, when we travel and we go to actually other parts of the world and, and you go to church and they may not even speak English, they may speak another language, but you just feel like you belong. You're with your family. Because there's unity in our relationship with Jesus Christ. There's a unity with other believers. We're part of a family. And through Christ, we, we share, we love, we build community, we support sacrifice and serve one another. It's our Christian duty. And may it be said of us that you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers. Now it was said of another brother, Demetrius, 3 John, that he has a good testimony from all and from the truth itself. Demetrius understood that love is an action word. A love doesn't become weary in well-doing. And so let us continually love deeply, to give generously, and to serve willingly, and to love one another. Walk in the truth and love people. Hey, that's a pretty good message for us to grab onto. And that's essentially what 2nd and 3rd John touch on today.
walk in the truth, love the truth, and love people.